At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to The Call-Up, your go-to podcast on the future stars in Major League Baseball. I'm Aram Layton. He's Jack McMullen. And we've got promotions to talk about, and we've got draft assignments. I guess that kind of goes in with the uh, with the promotion side. A lot of the recent top draft picks are balling out early going here. That comes with the territory because usually they're not challenged that much. But high school guy raking at the complex, always a great sign. College guy putting up numbers in high A. Always a great sign. Plenty of that going on. But, Jack, we've got a handful of promotions to talk about, notable promotions. And we'll use that as an opportunity to also kind of check in on these guys and see how they're doing and you know, maybe why they were promoted. Notice why they come or when they come. Uh, this is right after the trade deadline. So w- what I love about sellers markets is, OK, not only do you have to move your big prospects, but you have to move more. And these guys will, you know, like think about a buyer. Buyers send prospects to go improve the big league team. What does that do for the minor leagues? That sends a guy that may be performing really well at high A to double because there was a vacancy at triple because that guy got traded. Mm -hmm. So everybody pushes up a level. So you get that that opening for a promotion. Promotions are really hard to come by, especially when you have full health at the major league level. A healthy big league team, I mean you're really not going to see much movement at all until something happens. Mm-hmm. And this just kind of kickstarts that. Now, for a seller, you know, y- you grab all these prospects. And unfortunately, for those current minor leaguers in that system, they may become blocked by guys that weren't in the organization 24, 48 hours ago. Yeah. But we do get to watch these guys in new pastures with this, I guess, reinvigoration for the game of baseball and, and a chance to almost you know, like prove themselves again. So I, I think the deadline is awesome for us just as yeah. enjoyers of minor league baseball. Yeah, of course. And then you you also have the, uh, the third option, which is the blue chip prospects who get pushed up and everybody else gets the hell out of the way, like Ethan yeah. Salas um, and some of the others that we're going to talk about. But yeah, that that's the fun part is I also feel like you're at the part of the year now here where guys performing at a level that, you know, he's been at for most of the year and, 
you want to challenge them to get an idea of one, what they need to work on going into next year. And two, you know, whether they're really ready for that level. So it gets you some feedback. We're kind of coming down to the final stretch here of the minor league season. And, you know, you want to know if this guy's ready for that level. If not, you know, it's some feedback going into the offseason. So a lot of times you'll see, you know, players maybe even a little bit later over the last couple of weeks of the season get that, you know, little taste of the next level as well. So we'll probably have like one more round of very late promotions. Also, you'll see like double A, triple A goes longer than the lower levels. So there's some young players that they want more reps towards, you know, like a Jackson Chorio last year reaching double A was crazy, but they wanted him to get more ABs and challenge him. That was cool. He was able to do that. So we'll real start- quick. Yeah. Do you think they do it? Do you think they send Chorio to Nashville? Yes. I do. I think so too. I do. I do think they'll send Troy to Nashville at the end of the year. That's amazing. 19. We'll be 19 in, in, in Nashville. And then will be 19 again in Nashville at the start of next year, which is just, just absurd. Uh, but the way he's playing, I mean, it looks like it looks like he could handle it uh, yeah. with the way he's swinging it right now. We'll start with Ethan Salas, right? We talked about him on the just baseball show a little bit. Um, I'm kind of surprised by this. A promotion, right? Padres, 17-year-old prospect, just turned 17. I thought the low A assignment was already like, wow, this is amazing at 16 years old and now 17. He's put up great numbers overall, even despite the slump that he's in. Uh, but you got him slashing. I believe this would include some of the complex. Or no, he didn't even go to the complex. So this would just be low A, 267, 350, 487 slash line. That's an 837 OPS, Jack. 26% K rate, 11% walk rate. Nine homers as well. The swing looks fantastic. He looks really good. The approach has been really impressive. The glove, like you see the tools of a guy that's going to probably stick back there uh, or definitely has a good chance to stick back there. But I also don't think he's like this 60 grade immediately defender that everyone's like, wow, like the glove needs some work. And understandably, he's 17 playing full season minor league baseball. But that's kind of why I was surprised to see the high A promotion because it comes as he's over his last 16. And also, you know, with the defense and a work in progress, there's a top 25 prospect in baseball just off of his polish and, you know, how, how advanced he is for his age and what he's already able to do in the projection. But this was an interesting one to send him to Fort Wayne, which is also a graveyard, by the way. Yeah, it's a great place, though. I love it. And I know that that organization is going to you know, take him in with open arms. Um, 121 WRC plus. And I want to look at WRC plus here because Lake Elsinore is, you know, ball starts flying. It, it feels very zero gravity. And um, I this is inland Southern California. Um, the fact that he was putting up a 121 even in this slump is utterly insane. This guy's a young 17, like you mentioned. So while Fort Wayne, those those offensive numbers may dissipate, um, you didn't see the best version of Jackson Merrill in Fort Wayne. But I think what Fort Wayne and what high A can allow Salas to do is be in a really comfortable situation. Um, He like, hey, I'm going to make it human for a minute. Um, My year, I guess I had a lease in Fort Wayne for two years. So like my two years living in Fort Wayne, that place is so freaking navigable. And like, you don't have to worry about anything if you play for the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. Like he's probably either living out of a hotel, which is connected to the outfield of the ballpark, or he's living at a complex with 20 other guys on that roster. Yeah, He's going to be like, he doesn't need to be babysat, but 
He can be if he wants to. That's uh, uh, an excellent point. And, and for those who don't know, like context wise, you, you called games for how long? Were you two seasons in Fort Wayne? No, I was 2020. I moved there in March of 2020. Minor league ball didn't happen. I was there 2021. Okay. Like okay. that place, I cannot say enough good things about yeah. the setup in Fort Wayne. And that ballpark, Parkview Field is amazing. And if you're on a minor league ballpark tour, I highly recommend that. The facilities are top of the line for high A. Like this guy is not going to be in obscurity. I, he's no. entering an excellent, excellent situation. I, I think that's a really good point, Jack, in context that, you know, just people would not be able to have. You're just looking at levels and 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 that's all you can see. But I, I think of Edgar Caro, who obviously older, but at 19 years old, skips over high A, goes from low A straight to double because the Angels at the time like the coaching staff and like the situation for him there. Could be something very similar here. And Salas, you got to treat it differently. Like, let's let's be real. He, he might not need to be babysat. I think he's a very mature kid from everything we've seen. But he's 17 years old in professional baseball. He's going to need certain kind of just, I think, accommodations and just coaching and, and aspects to his professional career here that you don't really see because he is a wonderkin. Like, this is crazy stuff. So if for whatever reason... Fort Wayne is a better spot for him, whether it's coaching wise, whether, you know, they just also want to get him comfortable there because he's going to probably be there all of next year. There's a lot of reasons why it makes sense. Um, And I think most of them are beyond the baseball side of it. Like the statistical, you look at the data, you look at the numbers, you look at where he's at as a prospect. It's, it's kind of aside from that. And here's the thing, when it comes to player development, that's usually the more important thing is the beyond the box score, you know, what's going on mentally, especially with a prized blue chip teenage prospect uh, like a Ethan Salas. So, yeah, I would take the struggles. He might not struggle. Who knows? This guy keeps defying what we think is possible. But if he struggles, take it with a grain of salt, because I think he's there for a lot of other reasons to you know, specifically work on the defense, to work with you know more advanced pitching, to be in a more comfortable situation overall uh, and be in a better spot for his long-term development. So if he goes there and he K's 35% of the time, who cares? Yeah. yeah. He's 17 years old. Yeah. Are the Padres, are the Padres one of the three or five best organizations in baseball developing, like identifying and developing? Yeah. I, I'm just thinking about what we I saw. I think they're last really, deadline. really underrated. For it sure. Was, it was 53 weeks ago, a year and a week ago that they traded, they, they traded Wood, Hassel, Gore, Abrams, Susana, and Luke Voigt. Don't forget about Luke Voigt. Um, they traded him for Soto and Josh Bell. The fact that they already have three consensus top 100 guys and two top 25 guys in Merrill, Salas, and Robbie Snelling is utterly insane. Yep, yep, 100%. And all of a sudden, you got Zavala, Samuel Zavala, swinging it again. Now he looks like a, a borderline top 100 guy. Um, you've got other guys that are really throwing the ball well uh, through that system. It's amazing. Um, and I think part of that is the development side, like you said. And then the other part is the the scouting, which AJ Preller, we know, is fantastic at. And you'll get some of the guys they've traded out that are now thriving in other situations because, I again, the Padres ID'd him. Like, oh, in case he looks like that, if they kept him, that's a guy that I think would be on the same track, if not better. And, you know, he looks like a top 50 prospect in baseball. We'll talk about him at the end because I want to gush about Owen Casey with the Cubs. He was part of that Darvish deal. So, okay, you got yep. Darvish. That's cool. But again, like th- that was a second round pick, a guy out of Canada that nobody really knew about. Like they, they really do ID well. And it's, it's, it's impressive. And 
Um, maybe it's why AJ Preller is so willing to deplete the system because he feels like he can reload that thing real quick. Yeah. Tamar Johnson, another big name. Um, I, I'm excited because I want to spend a little bit more time. There's a reason why I'm stacking the two guys that we're going to go longer on first, because I want to use this as an opportunity to unpack them as a prospect as well. Yeah. Tamar Johnson's not just turned 19 years old and the pirates prospect just got bumped up to high a uh, from low a, which I think should be great for his power output, but should be a challenge for his swing and miss. And mm-hmm. this is where I want to kind of lead into it. Tamar Johnson's kind of been a, an interesting, like, I'm, I don't even know what the best word is to describe it, but it's been an interesting like thought exercise for me as a prospect, because a lot of what we heard and what, you know, and you had to go off of what you kind of heard versus what you saw, because a lot of guys that have whiff concerns put up crazy numbers in, in high school, but everything that we heard from Tamar and, and even what you saw in batting practice and limited video or whatever was, oh, this guy's swing is so, and it is a majestic swing, but this guy's a 70 hit tool guy. Like how many times did you hear 70 hit tool, Jack, when it came to Tamar Johnson? How many times did you just hear plus hitter, easy plus plus hitter, best pure hitter in the draft, best bat to ball guy we've seen in the draft in some time? Like you heard all of that, right? I, I guess I was going to say best pure hitter. Like that was the buzzword that I was going to use. This guy's the best hitter in the draft class. Like this guy's the best prep hitter in the draft class. This guy's as pure a hitter as you'll find in in years, that kind of thing. Yeah. And that, that is usually indicative of plus hit. So like I saw a lot of 70 grades on the hit, right? Yeah. So that's just not the case. I think he'll be a better bat to ball guy as he gets, as he develops. But the, the pure hitter was Jackson Holiday who actually doesn't have as I think as much power in the tank as some may thought. And then tomorrow was getting like above average power grades at best. I mean, maybe you found a couple people that would give him a plus. He's got, I think he's got more than plus power potential. So that's why I think this is a really interesting development is I think people, the, the, the preconceived notion of Tamar Johnson, like he's a different profile, but just because he's a different profile doesn't mean he's not a really good prospect. And that was kind of the thing that was, confusing for me at first because it's like oh he's striking out way more than i thought but okay he's it was 18 and low a i can yeah. pallet a a 25 k rate he's hitting the crap out of the ball in a graveyard of a league that is the florida state league and i'm sorry but 112 mile per hour exit velocities from an 18 19 year old who still has room to, to get stronger i know he's not the you know most projectable frame has room to get stronger though that's potentially plus plus power so yeah it was almost like we had it backwards with this guy. Um, and and I think there's some things he can do to to tap into uh, an above average hit tool. But this is power over hit. Um, and I think the hit will come. And the approach is really good. He chases 17% of the time. I just think it was an interesting development here, right? Because it was we were kind of sold on hit over power. Yes, I was assuming that he was not going to be a 15 homer guys an 18 year old in low A in 75 games, but that's exactly what he was. I think we were thinking this guy's 10 to 15 home runs could possibly elevate to 20, but he's going to give you a shot to hit 300 every year. That's just not what he's going to be, but he's going to be. I mean, this is like I, I don't every power hitting second baseman ever is Dan Ugla. Like that's just how that works. Everybody is thrown into the Dan Ugla bucket. He's not Dan Ugla. He might punch out that much. I don't think he will. No, he's got what, yeah. What this guy seems like is very Brandon Lau. And that's an excellent, excellent thing to have with more juice. Might I add Brandon Lau has this innate ability 
to find the top of fences and hit it just about five to 10 feet over. Tomar, his hit ball is what, 450 feet in that oh, yeah. swamp ass air? Yeah, in that horrible, yeah, horrible air. I mean, this guy has insane pop for an 18-year-old, 19-year-old. Now, might I say I'm all the way out on Tamar Johnson because he's two for 21 to start his high-A career. So yeah, this guy's going to get into next. That's what um, I was going to get into next. Yeah, and like there are concerns there, but dude, I, just seeing video of Tamar Johnson, I'm like, this is the most athletically gifted short second baseman yeah. I've ever seen. Yeah. And that's a very small bucket. And Altuve is a short sec is a short second baseman. Like Altuve is different, man. But Tamar, like that swing, I guess it has a bunch of moving parts, but it feels like the timing is always fucking impeccable. Yeah. It's really impressive. And and he generates so much whip and so much bat speed. And I think like this is a guy that will probably in the offseason, I bet he simplifies the moves a little bit, maybe quiets the barrel tip a little bit. And he's so quick from launch to contact that that's why he's able to make such good decisions. He sees the ball for so long. He can let the ball travel deeper. But if he simplifies his moves a little bit, I don't think it's going to compromise power for him because he's going to simultaneously be, be getting more physical. And I think that's going to limit the whiff. Uh, so I think there's a world where he develops into an above average hitter. But even if he doesn't, I, I agree. I think the Brandon Lau comp is perfect because that's a, what he could very likely be. And he's a good athlete. He could play a good second base. And I already think that the fact that he's not chasing at all, he reminds me so much of a. it's funny. Everyone loves Emmanuel Rodriguez, even though he got a slow start. Yeah. Everyone freaked out. Him and Emmanuel Rodriguez are cut from the same cloth of yeah. rarely chase, hit the crap out of the ball. You, you got to pallet some whiff, but they're rarely going to miss one over the middle and they get into their game power already. I, I think they're kind of in that same bucket and people celebrate Emmanuel as one of the you know top young power hitting prospects in the game. Tamar's in the same boat while being younger, you know, and, and being challenged now too. I think he'll be fine in high A, by the way, too. It's going to take some time because he's young and almost overly passive at times, similar yeah. to Emmanuel, he'll settle in. I, I think so, too. And uh, We were talking to Jared Jones and in Greensboro. He said he allowed a homer that was 87 off the bat, and I think we looked, and, well, you found like an 88, 89. I think it was, yeah, I think it was like 89. or, or Yeah, 90. I mean, 89 leaving the ballpark should feel like 60 miles an hour off the bat leaving the ballpark. That's oh, yeah. miserable. Yeah. Uh, that's the worst thing ever for pitchers, but for hitters, man, Tamar could be a 25 homer guy in Greensboro oh. if he spent a full year there. Yeah, next, I assume he's going to spend the whole majority of the year there next year that guy's gonna miss hit balls that get out of there um yeah and it's just all about the contact it'll come along 75 percent zone contact it's kind of dropped to 74 since he's been there that's a little low obviously but i do think he'll he'll shore that up yeah. next guy and we're gonna do you want to stay hitters and then pitchers or do you want to just kind of bounce around um we can bounce around okay let's go with somebody that I'm like so relieved that this guy got called up finally or, or promoted finally because it was just getting ridiculous. Drew yeah. Thorpe. And, and this is the irony of, of Drew Thorpe, the Yankees prospect, getting promoted now. He had gone through a stretch where I think we talked about it on here where I, he had given up, I think, two runs or less, like over a span of like six starts. I, here it is. Sorry. Eight starts. This was from June 6th or June 4th. To July 22nd, <laughs> 55 and two-thirds innings, 72 strikeouts, four earned runs. That's a 0.65 ERA. 
36% K rate, 6% walk rate. For whatever reason, through that stretch, Drew Thorpe remained in, in uh, high A. And then on the 29th, he, he goes four innings, nine hits, eight earned runs. So double the earned runs in four innings than in the previous eight games. Yeah. And, you know, runs into some trouble there. But what does he do? He bounces right back with Hudson Valley, five and two thirds in his final high A start, three runs, 10 Ks, one walk. Long ball was kind of getting him a little bit over that rough stretch. He had given up you know, six home runs over the span of four games and previously had given up zero home runs over the stretch of eight games. Thorpe, second round pick, intriguing arm. I think fastball quality is going to be the question. And I think this is part of the reason why they may have delayed the promotion to double A is, you know, is that fastball going to get shellacked because it's 92 uh, mostly it's the command of it's not as good as it should be. And it's just not the best shape, but he's got one of the best changeups in the minor leagues, a really good curveball that has developed well and a solid slider and cutter and just a slew of pitches that can kind of mask that fastball. But I was just surprised it took this on to get him to double. It shouldn't have taken this long to get him to double. I have no idea why it didn't because the Yankees were running out whoever the hell. Like, I I mean, they just DFA'd Davey Garcia. Like, why couldn't we pump Drew Thorpe to double if, we're, yeah. if we've got Davey Garcia just kind of sitting here in limbo? So, um, and I mean, like, dude, they were running out who? Johnny Brito. Um, what other names am I missing? Uh, the, the big league level? Yeah, Vasquez. Um, yeah, I mean, just recycle some names. Yeah. Obviously, Clark Schmidt, whatever. But AAA's rotation, like, there's room there. They could have bumped there's a guy room. up from double to triple. Yeah. Like, so, I, people were, like, hypothesizing that it was like, oh, to preserve his trade value if the Yankees were buyers. What and up? Get no. shelled and double. Like, that's not a thing. No. I don't not think that's all. a thing. So, um, I, I think he was working on fastball command. And you know what? Just he's got it and double. <laughs> and he's got fastball command, man. Like, it's just really interesting to me how his junior year at Cal Poly looks identical to this year. Junior year at Cal Poly, he was 10 and one with a mid two ZRA, 104 innings. He was striking out 12 and a half per nine, walking two per nine. This year, his first year of professional baseball, he's 10 and two with a mid two ZRA in 109 innings. He's striking out 11 and a half per nine. He's walking two and a half per nine. It's the same thing. Nobody does that. No, no one. No. But Drew Thorpe is doing that. Yeah. And a big part is like literally it's these are all the pitches that he mixes in. And this is over his last eight starts, Jack. Fastball at 38%, change up at 24%, curve at 15%, cutter at 12%, slider at 11%. And all of these pitches have been effective for him. His worst pitch is his fastball. So it's either finding the consistency with the rest of the pitches to where you can like continue to to you know mask the fastball, or if he gets an uptick in VLO or improves the shape, the shape's kind of the problem too. Like just a lot of zone, con- not a lot of zone whiff there. I mean, it's, it, it's game over, but I think for now, solid back end of the rotation starter double, a should be a good challenge for him. And I'm excited to see how he responds to that. That's a definitely a fun promotion after just making a mockery of high a besides the one start. You don't, you don't see very many prospects that have that many pitches that they turn to and a fastball usage under 40%. Yeah. The only other guy that I I can think of off the dome is Priester. Like Priester is the only guy that was, you know, five, six pitch mix. Um, Robert Gasser, if you, if you view him as a top 100 guy, like Gasser is kind of, you know, working with different iterations of fastball and those kind of all equate to about 40% usage. But I mean, 
Drew Thorpe is like, <laughs> we, we want to call everybody a hell, an, an elevated Javier Assad. And yeah. that's, that's what Drew Thorpe is. He's the elevated Javier Assad. The changeup, though, is, is, is incredible. Last thing I'll say, 31% swinging strike rate on a changeup that you throw a quarter of the time. That's, and that's I would so much rather have his bread and butter be a changeup than a slider or a curveball. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and that cutter though is good. The slider and curve are fine. Like those are good pitches that he commands well, so he gets more out of them. He's a yeah. fun pitcher. I he's satisfying to watch. That's for sure. Yeah. Opposite side of the coin in terms of type of pitcher, Griff McGarry from the Phillies gets the promotion to Triple A. <laughs> Stuff is unbelievable. Command is is not great. But I, I think it was a f- good time to kind of get him to triple and and challenge him. And I also think that there's a world where, you know, he could come up and be some sort of a swingman or even come out of the pen if the Phillies wanted to try that. I don't love doing that with prospects, but McGarry, given his command issues, like it could make more sense as they make a push at the end of the year. And, you know, Dombrowski's going to be cool with being all hands on deck. Uh, McGarry, the, the strikeout numbers are crazy. And, and he's been a guy that, you know, that's never been an issue for him since he was drafted in the fifth round in 2021. Um, I'll get into this stuff specifically, but when you have a guy with a three one three ERA in, um, or excuse me, in double, yeah, three one three ERA in double A, Jack, despite walking six per nine, that tells you just how nasty the stuff is. The biggest competition for Griff McGarry is Griff McGarry. Yes. Yeah. Griff McGarry hit a buck sixty, or opponents hit a buck sixty three. It is yeah. 54 and two thirds innings. Like nobody's going to touch him, and I think that that speaks to your point even more so. Like. Griff McGarry is not going to get beaten. That's just how that works. And, and Griff McGarry's version of not getting beaten is the start that he put together in Altoona on July 21st. And I know that you cut this up and, and put it out. Seven innings, a three-hit shutout ball, struck out 10, didn't walk anybody. Next two starts, his previous or his following two starts after that, five innings, four walks, four innings, five walks. Like two. I, I want to point to the Altoona one and be like, just do that every time. Yeah. And you're, yeah, it's not yeah, that hard. Painter. It's not, <laughs> it's that, not hard. that hard. Just go seven shutty with 10 K's and no walks. But um, man, I mean, like such is the burden of Griff McGarry, his walk totals, six, two, zero, four, five. That's all over the board. Yeah. I mean, man. I, and I would just, it, it's one of those guys where you're just like, he's top of the list. I know people ask like, if you could give one pitcher, you know, above average command or plus command, like who would it be? Mizorowski's probably one, um, yeah. but there's a few others. Maybe in DL Hall too. DL Hall, who I just watched actually throw out of the pen for the second time this year in triple looked really good yesterday. Um, but McGarry, like the, the whiff he gets on the fastball is insane. If he, he could, it, the, the fast, like he has a whole arsenal. That's really damn good. Like the, the cutter has been gross for him this year. The curveball has been nasty. The slider is good when he throws it anywhere near the zone. But his fastball is so like has so much life from a low release point that he could throw that thing, which he already does, like 60% of the time, he could throw it 65 and have success. But the problem is over the course of this year, Jack, and this is the thing, and it's not going to get any easier in AAA. So I don't I hope they have better pitching coaches there or he can work on some things in the offseason or whatever it may be. Non-fastballs, he is landing for a strike less than 50% of the time. Why would you swing at anything that's not a fastball then? Like, unless you just can't pick it up. Like, no, it's clearly guys aren't. <laughs> yeah. Fastballs, he's landing for a strike 65% of the time. Non fastballs, 49. You just can't succeed that way. He scrapped the changeup because it just, he couldn't throw it for a strike this year. And the slider is 
40% strike rate. Like you can't yeah. succeed like that. So stuff is unbelievable. If he can even have below average, slightly below average command, I think he can be a big league starter, but yeah. a lot of reliever risk here. Lots. Yeah. Still fun. And I'm excited to see, you know, what he's going to do in triple A. Brooks Lee back to the uh, position player side of things. Brooks Lee gets a promotion to triple A. It felt like, you know, this was one that should have been coming for a little bit. Uh, just, just a guy that d- didn't really need to prove much more in double. Um, you know, he's never going to go nuclear numbers wise, but he's just so consistent. And, you know, the twins were thrilled to be able to get him in the draft when they did a guy that we thought would go a lot earlier than he did. Um, Brooks Lee gets the bump to triple switch hitter plus plus hitter. The powers, you know, fringy, but he's just a well-rounded player with a good approach who doesn't strike out and puts the ball in play and has just enough power. So um, th- this is a guy that I think, you know, you might need to adjust a little bit to AAA as any hitter does, but I think he's going to adjust quicker than most. I couldn't be more out on that. I couldn't disagree. He's two for 18 in his first yeah. four games. He's so screwed, dude. He's, it's over. It's over. He's cooked. Um, I mean, his game lacks serious sex appeal. Oh, yeah. Yes, he's got 11 homers. Um, but, man, like, he doesn't really swipe bags. He was 6 for 10 in the stolen base department. I thought bags was going to be a little bit more of a thing for him. He's slower than I thought. <laughs> yeah. I saw him throw a ball. But the thing is, he feels very Meyer. Is that fair? He feels very Marcelo Meyer with the Red Sox, where Meyer is just spread out across the board. And there's a chance that Meyer taps it away more because Meyer's younger. Yeah, and- that's the thing is Meyer just has way more upside. Yeah. But yeah. But Lee is cut from the cloth where like they don't do anything that makes you point at them and say alien life form. Oh, yeah. They no, just no. look like the best player on the field. Like and, no. and you know, they have that smooth ability in the middle infield and they're gonna hit 300 and they're gonna poke some out a couple times. There's really, for me, and this is not a knock on Brooks Lee, like there's really nothing for me that screams, you're must watch every night. Oh, no, no way. But a lot of Major League Baseball players and a lot of really good ones are not must watch every night. But when I look at AAA shortstops in that league, I'd rather turn on the TV to watch Mason win than Brooks Lee. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, But Lee's also one of those guys who you you plug in every day. You don't have to worry about. You know, he's going to do his job. It's steer. It's Spencer steer, man. Like it's just, it's a low heart rate guy. That's how I refer to it on the just baseball show. A hundred percent. And, you know, I think it's just becoming more clear that the ceiling is probably capped, but the floor is, is sky high Um, on, on a Brooks league. Like he's just such a high probability big leaguer and uh, he'll probably be up there by early next year. Now Lee is going to have to move a little bit because they have another guy in a rehab there yeah. in Royce Lewis, who yeah. I think I saw went 440 feet yesterday. Talk about sex appeal. Like that, when he's, he, so this much. guy's towards ACL twice. Like he's out all these injuries, like, and, and he still can hit the ball 114 miles an hour. He's still motors. Like I want that guy to stay healthy so bad because he could really be one of the most electrifying players in the game. So yeah, he crushed one the other day. The last thing I'll say on Lee, some like fun data points, like ton of contact, 88% zone contact. So as a switch hitter, that's really impressive. Uh, walking a 10% clip, really solid. I think he could walk more. He could make better swing decisions. He's a little aggressive uh, at times. And a lot of B swings that are a little too early where he just throws the hands out and shoots the ball the other way. But that's also what he's good at and what he does really well. So sneaky pull side power that I think can continue to develop a little bit. I love his swing from the left side. And that's a big thing for me. It's like, I think from the left side, he could be a, a much more exciting player. 
from the right side, it's kind of just like, eh, it's better than left on left, I guess. Um, yeah. But Lee, Lee could be a solid bat to ball, just enough juice. Um, you put in the lineup every single day and feel good about it kind of guy. And you know, every team will take that. For sure. Moving on to, you want to go to the lower levels? Let's go to the lower levels. Yeah. Let's do it. Actually, no, one more AAA guy, and then we'll go to the lower levels. Hunter right. Goodman. Hunter Goodman gets the bump up to AAA, uh, which is exciting. Rockies catcher slash left fielder slash first base. I'd say more first base slash left field prospect. Hunter Goodman, who, I mean, you're going to put this guy in Albuquerque, man. Um, he's he's going to start hitting some bombs. Uh, it, like that, his first game at Round Rock, so for Albuquerque at Round Rock, he, he hit a home run. So uh, this dude in the PCL, he might finish the year with like 35 homers. He might hit nine to 10 over the last, over the next month. Um, Goodman's not going to catch probably, but 107 mile per hour, 90th percentile. We saw him go nuclear at Hartford, which is not a very hitter friendly environment or high A and then, you know, still put up some good power in Hartford. He's got 26 pumps on the year and putting this guy in the PCL, he's going to hit a lot of home runs. Yeah. I, Hunter Goodman, um, I, I'm trying to find. So let's see. He grounded into a double play at 107 yesterday. He grounded out at 104 yesterday. I'm trying to find his homer. Um, he flat out at 95. I mean, he was hitting every single ball. You know why you can't he, find the homer? The grand slam was 93. What the hell? It was his fourth few, it was his fourth slowest batted ball that day. His three other batted balls were harder than his grand slam. Hunter Goodman is very, very impressive. And this is a guy that I think has flown under the radar at as good of a, I don't know, as good of an ability as anybody. Like he has just flown under the radar more than absolutely anybody. Because you mentioned he's a catcher with minimal staying power. Mm -hmm. He's a fourth round pick out of the American Athletic Conference in 2021. I mean, this guy, all he's done is hit the shit out of the ball. And he's in the Rockies system. That's Rockies prospects just don't get love. Yeah. No, no doubt. And and it's interesting because, well, first of all, I think that home run is the epitome of why I think he's going to go nuts there. He hit the ball at the end, and he's going to, you know, he's going to miss hit balls that that leave the yard in the PCL. He's a dude that's hit balls as hard as 113 miles an hour. And again, 90th percentile of 107, that's plus power. So we're taking a guy with plus power who hits the ball in the air with the best of them, 34% ground ball rate. So plus power, consistent lift. That's why we saw Hunter Goodman, you know, be among the league leaders in home runs last year when he hit 40, what was it? 40 or 37, 38, 36, 36 and 106 driven in. And he's got now 26 this year. This is a guy that's going to tap into his power in games. He's going to whiff. He doesn't walk as much as you'd like to see. Those are things that maybe could come. I think the approach has gotten a little bit better. But this is a guy that I think is really going to do well at course and is really going to put up crazy numbers in AAA. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rockies bring him up for a little like September call up at the end of the year, because I, I do think this guy's going to go nuclear in the PCL. Like he is built for the PCL as a guy who hits the ball hard, hits it in the air consistently. It's it's going to be fun for him out there. Did you see him on the Cape in 19? He was I did. Him. And I like it. I didn't see much like it really wasn't. I didn't see this guy. That's generic. Sure. Just generic, Very man. Generic. 
Yes, he had eight pumps in 43 games, but like, you know, guys can sell out for power and hit eight homers in the Cape Cod League over the course of a season. Like, that's just how that league works. But Hunter Goodman, man, I mean, you really couldn't see this coming. His freshman year at Memphis, he had 13 pumps. Okay, that's Memphis. It's in the AAC and no disrespect to the AAC, but like, it's just not the SEC. But the Rockies grabbed this guy in the fourth round after he had 21 homers in 56 games. Yeah. His junior year. Yeah, because no one liked him as a catcher defensively. And there there was hit tool concerns. Okay. Think about who is think about who is top five in minor league baseball and homers right now. I think Goodman's there. I think Ivan Melendez is there. Yeah. Here's the thing, man. Like, if you fucking hit, you fucking hit in college baseball. And, and I think that the Rockies just took a guy that hit. And it's funny, I like Goodman a lot more than Ivan Melendez. And it's just it's funny how that works, you know, and um yeah, they took a guy that could hit, and it, I'll always take the guy that put up numbers and has a chance in the fourth and fifth rounds, and that's why I think the Rockies go pitching heavy early on because they they identify they're getting better at identifying the guys that can take advantage of the environment. Like that's a perfect profile. He might not be as good elsewhere, you know. Like he might not play as well, not at Altitude, though. I think his numbers at Hartford would you know beg to differ. But yeah. CJ Crone types like identify those guys. They'll ball out for you in, in Colorado. And I think that's exactly what he'll do yep. um, to the mound again. Cade Horton, he was promoted a week ago. Cubs top pitching prospect. I think one of the best pitching prospects in baseball now at this point, you can make the case. He's the best healthy pitching prospect in the game um, other than Paul Skeens. And I think he's not far off from Paul Skeens personally. First start in double a, you know, they've been managing his innings a little bit because this guy's barely pitched. I don't know if we've talked about that. Like, he, he threw what 40, 56 innings in college, and that was it. Like, that's his entire collegiate career because he had Tommy John and, you know, was a two way player. So they're managing his innings. He's already well over the, the amount of innings he's thrown in like his entire life. Um, you know, and he looks so good in his double A debut. Four innings. Again, they're, they're going to keep him at like 50 to 60 pitches. Four innings, two hits, no runs, no walks, six Ks. I mean, and what impressed me the most and what continues to impress me about Kate Horton is the fastballs sitting 96, 97. He's grabbing eights and even into the later parts of his short starts, but the sliders disgusting. He's now differentiated the curveball to where it looks like a completely different pitch, two different shapes. And he's really found this change up, man. If this change up develops, he went to a split grip similar to what we talked about with Jackson Joe. And it's been much more usable for him. If this changeup develops into an above average pitch, I think it's game over. I think Kate Horton's a frontline guy. Yeah. No, I, what I love about Horton is he clearly is the athlete that he was in college. He was a two way guy last year. He was, yeah, he wasn't a good one. He had a 630 OPS. And I'm sure that, you know, he'll tell you that like he's not great um offensively but the fact that he was able to do both i mean we've talked about that casey schmidt was a two-way guy burleson was a two-way guy there are tons of other two-way guys that just chose one um but horton's a great example of a guy that like has the build to take on a heavy workload but isn't doing it yet it's going to be a frustrating final two months of the season for kate horton because he's you know going to taper off innings wise like He's at 65 innings right now. He threw 53 and two thirds in college last year. Like you mentioned, is he capped at 90, 85? Like yeah. he may only have a couple more starts left in yeah. left yeah. this year. 
which stinks because he's been so much fun to watch. Um, but with and, what you've seen so far this year, there, there's no doubt that this guy has frontline ability. Yeah. Oh, no, no doubt about it. So he, we don't even know what the best final version of Kate Horton looks like. He's 21. He's about to turn 22. And as we've mentioned, he's barely pitched. Like he's, he's learning so quickly. And there's so many things like the, the fact that he just all of a sudden differentiates his curveballs and or his breaking balls. And now the curveball looks so different than the slider and are, are two really solid pitches. Like that happened overnight. It felt like the change up being effective. That seemed to feel like it happened overnight. The fastball life that just continuously improves last 10 starts before we move on to the next player. I'll give you opponent OPS by pitch. Fastball 650 slider 302 curveball 260 change up 570 just everything works and a 69% strike rate overall. Yeah. That'll play. Very excited about Cade Horton. And I think Cubs fans will be excited about where he's at on the top 100 update. Um, We should have grouped the, the, the Rockies guys together. I just realized Sterling Thompson, he goes up to double uh, in the Colorado Rocky system here. And um, this is a fun one too, because Thompson he was putting up some crazy numbers in high A um, and, and looks like a guy that another one of those hitter steals, I think here for, I know it was 31st overall, so it's hard to call it a complete steal, but another opportunity here where the Rockies kind of said, ah, defensive limitations, whatever. We'll take a guy that can just flat out hit. And that's yeah. exactly what he did in high A 323, 399, 520 slash line, 16% K rate, seven homers and 14 backs. Um, now up to double, as a 22 year old, he's on a fast track here. The power is, you know, average, maybe slightly above, but again, we know that's going to play at altitude. 85% zone contact is great. He's just a good hitter. Um, I'm, I'm excited about and another guy that hits the ball in the air a lot. 38% ground ball rate. Where do you think he's going to play? Is he going to be a third baseman or an outfielder? Cause he's, he's played both. Yeah. I, I, I got to see more defense at, at, at the hot corner. Um, but I, I, I could see him, starting to get more reps in the outfield. Um, but he's got time. I, I could see him kind of being one of those guys that plays multiple spots and moves around a little bit and isn't really good at any of them, but is passable. Um, but I, I got to watch more third base tape, honestly. I'm looking at where he played at Florida. In 2021, every start he made came in right field. Interesting. In 2022, played 26 games at second, 44 games in right. And then he jumps into the Rockies system and in the minor leagues, He's played third base 67 times. He's played right field 16 times. It's okay. You're a pro. You're a third baseman now. So I'm just, I'm wondering where his position is because he can play second base. He can play third base and he can play a corner. Yeah. That Uh, versatility is amazing for a guy that's got a 900 OPS. A hundred percent. I'm actually interested to see some more on the defense. He's a, he moves well. He's a good runner. It doesn't always mean great defense, but I'm with you. Like this could be a dynamic left-handed you know, left-handed hitter that you can move all over the place and you know has some sneaky wheels. So uh, I'm excited to see Thompson, you know, at the upper levels. Next guy for you. Uh, I know you're got, you got to be pumped about this one and it's going to be a fun challenge for him in full season ball. Lazaro Montes, the Mariners prospect gets the bump up to full season ball after hitting moon tanks in uh, the rookie leagues and the rookie level so far, Jack, he had tricked in his first game, but since then, three games, only two Ks. How excited are you to get now is just somewhat grainy footage of Lazaro Montes? 
I need moon landing type shit on Lazaro Montes. Like I need this so bad because this guy, I see, I'm telling you, I saw one video and, and I know that, well, you, you spend a bit more time with complex footage than I do, but my complex takeaways are the side view that I got a Max Clark's multi-hit day yesterday and Lazaro Montes. I got the camera angle flanked to the left of the catcher's mat or of, uh, of the catcher's mid and, and it's Montes hitting a ball 118 pull side. And I was just like, Okay, I saw it. I'm in love. He That's might it. be he might be Bonds. Like yeah. and I'm talking 2001 to 2004 Bonds. Um I mean, he's a monster. He's a monster he's a human. Monster. It's crazy. So, I'm really excited for this. The Mariners are doing this um really well. They they bumped another guy, not Gabby Gonzalez from the complex. Um th- there was another guy that immediately got off the complex. I'll I'll find it here while was you Was it Michael Arroyo? Could have been i'll tell you in a minute um but mont is like they're pushing him and, and yeah. if you fill the data points i'll have that answer for you yeah so i mean arroyo or excuse me lazaro Montes, like it, yeah. it's gonna be the whiff that's the question um but i think he's gotten better in that regard you look over the last handful of games i talked about the hat trick in your first high a game like or low a game like that's understandable if he's just a big dude at 6'4 225 pounds Long levers, a lot of a lot of body to control. He's 18. He can learn to do that. And if he does, uh, it's going to be scary because he's got a potentially 80 grade power. Uh, so this is a fun guy to see what he can do in that Mariner system and, you know, finally getting some some low A challenge. Yes, it's Michael Arroyo. Um, the, the fact that they're willing to push Arroyo and Montes off the complex is very encouraging. And yeah. hey. Don't look now, but the Seattle Mariners, who had the best system in baseball by a wide margin in 21, are restocking. And this is a top 10 system in 24. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm excited. It, it looks really bad. And, and all of a sudden, there's just quickly another another org that can just restock pretty darn well. Um, we'll move on to hold on. Where are the notes here? Where did we go? OK, here we go. Lower level guy again. South Stewart. Yeah, guy that we've talked about on here. A guy I really like. Uh, this is the last uh, relevant promotion I think we're going to hit on here. Um, Stuart, Cincinnati Reds guy. I loved him out of the draft. We highlighted him in the Reds episode. It's just a guy whose swing I, I'm just bought in on. Um, I think he's got an ability to to tap into way more power down the line as he just continues to to get more physical. South Florida kid that, again, all the video I was able to see from high school, from showcases, from whatever, I it was the swing alone that stood out to me. Uh, and then the physical projection. Patient hitter that is already walking more than he strikes out. High A will definitely be a challenge for a high school guy, um, but I, I think he's going to respond to it well because of the approach, because of the sneaky feel to hit and the power that's developing. I think South Stewart's going to be a big helium guy and um, a fine defender at third as well. I think this is somebody that a lot of people are going to start to warm up to, and and I thought the, the, the Reds did a good job snagging him in the compensation round as well. Uh, that was in 2021? 22, I thought. 22, Wasn't it last year? Yeah, it was 22. Yeah. Um, do you know what Sal Stewart did his first game in Dayton? No. One for three with a pair of walks. Love it. Love sure. It. <laughs> sure, Love man. Um, He's walked, yeah, by I mean, the way, real quick, two walks in three of his last four games. <laughs> <laughs> Got a 17% walk rate. And you mentioned he's walking more than he's punching out a 15% K rate. So, yes, like while the slug numbers are not necessarily there, that's still resulting in a 129 WRC+. plus. Because that did like if you get on base at a 390 clip, you're going to help your team. And, oh, yeah. and I think that if you see this from 
this guy as he continues to ascend, if he spends the rest of the year in Dayton, starts next year in Dayton, and he's still putting up a 15% walk rate, I think you can just chalk him up as a guy that's going to be patient at every level. Yep. It might have been laying off bad pitching, but this is your chance to prove that he's just a really good yeah. patient hitter. No doubt. 19 years old, too. And um, 6'3", 215, he's going to get stronger. So yeah. I, I'm excited about this guy. I think you hit the nail on the head. Real quick to wrap up, you, you want to talk about the draft guys and, and what they did. Um, I want to talk about Dylan Cruz. Back-to-back games with a pump, dude. That He looks insane. I mean... I'm not saying like you should have buyer's remorse because I'm sure Skeens is going to be awesome. He's going to come out and strike everybody out too. And then he's going to be like, oh, but yes. We're having a lot of conversations, you and I, about where Dylan Cruz lies in the top 10. And the answer is closer to three than it is to 10. And he's, he's bolstering his case day by day. Cruz has been so fun to monitor in Fredericksburg. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be there very long, huh? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think he's going to be in the fucking minor leagues very long. <laughs> it's funny. The, the only concern, and it's such a nitpick specific thing, is hard sliders specifically. Like I, I went back because I'm trying to figure out how high I want to push this dude in the top 100. I went back and watched all of his most challenging matchups from the year. Hard sliders were the one thing that at times he'd expand. But then I watched almost every single one of his strikeouts. And dude. I would say like 25% of them, especially the ones looking, were pitches that were like multiple balls off or strike two was multiple balls off. Then he had to expand to try to protect on a hard slider against like these, these guys in the SEC now, they throw they throw 98, 99, 100, and you're giving them a couple balls off. Like it, it's a nightmare. He didn't strike out much at all, but it was interesting. Like that was what came up in the data. And then I went back and watched it. And I'm like, Dude, I, some of these calls are are horrible. So it's funny that first home run, by the way, or, or I think it was the first home run, uh, came on a curveball, a slow one that was two balls below the zone where it would have like you know been track man tracked, um, and he hit it one hundred five out to dead center. This guy's a freak. Um, I think he's gonna his approach is way too advanced in terms of just he's gonna be able to just I think overpower these guys and just outsmart them. Uh, it's going to be too easy for him. I'd almost wish he, they started him in high A and and gave him a, a shot at double by the end of the year. It seems like instead they're going to start him in low A, give him a look in high A. That's fine. Um, I just want to point out some EVs. 107 mile an hour fly out, 108 mile an hour ground out, 106 mile an hour grand slam. I said 105, it was 106. Um, he's hitting the ball hard with wood, man. I know people were wondering how much power is there. There's a lot. comfortably above average power that he's going to hit enough to where it probably plays his plus. I'm going to, I'm going to say something. I'm going to say a name and you're going to be thrown. Um, but that breaking ball that was below the zone, watching that swing, that short swing, getting to a pitch that low and driving it dead center. Did you not see, trout? did you not see a little trout there? Yeah. I knew you were going to say like, no, I, I, or yeah, like, of course, like there's, there's some similarities there. Um, and, I mean, Cruz is a special, special talent. Um, so no doubt about it. I want to talk about Max Clark because I feel like we've been incredibly harsh just because we would have preferred to take Wyatt Langford. That doesn't mean Max Clark is not a good baseball player. He's indeed a very, very good baseball player. You talked yeah. about the open side um, looks that you, we've been able to get from the complex. I think Prospects Live put out a pretty good video of, of yeah. Max Clark. His back hit moves are elite. 
He is a freak athlete. Watching the way that he moves in the box is really impressive. This is a guy that's going to maximize every inch of his frame. That home run, by the way, 105 off the bat from Max Clark. Um, that it, it, that that's a bomb uh, for yeah. him because he, he's going to get stronger. He's got the ability to you know smack it on the ground and beat it out. We saw that as well. Um, and we also saw him overheat. You know, the Midwest kids, big adjustment to, to South Florida, man. It's hot. Get, get used to it. That's what we used to have to play in summer ball. So I, it was rough. I get it, Max. Um, it's not like Indiana uh, right now in, in Florida. But no, that that swing really impressed me. Um, his He's just so quick to the ball. He screams a guy that's just going to spray line drives, sneaking, sneaky surprise you with some full side juice and just be a phenomenal athlete. But I'd say the number one thing that's already stood out to me at the complex is where I should say that's where he's playing is yeah. the, the, the hip mobility and, and the back hip moves in the box, special stuff. I he, he could be really good. Yeah. We'll see no, how man. he handles more challenging competition. He just, he screams like a crazy, crazy athlete. And we know how good of care he takes of his body. Like that guy is committed to keeping his body in tip top shape. So yeah, I honestly, I know that could have been a dig at Indiana man sitting right here, but it's a different level of heat, man. Like, I mean, it's, it's tough. And even when I was down in Fort Lauderdale, I was like, this is hot and humid. Yeah. This and that wasn't the peak, man. Imagine standing in the field. I think about the, the catchers all the time. Um, Dude. Yeah. I was uh, like, I, I think about that all the time, man. I'm like, God, I gotta be going through it. Um, Two other guys that I want to point out here. Yeah. Wyatt Langford, yeah. Hurston. I have, I have Langford queued up. Let's start with him. Um, cool. He got the high A assignment. It's funny that, you know, it's, it's organizational philosophy um, yeah. and they wanted to be more aggressive with him. Lankford, uh, he's responded to the challenge, dude. Um, he looks really solid. He's in the ball hard. Uh, there's been a little bit of whiff in the zone, but I think it's just kind of him getting acclimated to high A baseball and fastballs with way more carry than anything he saw probably in college. Lankford looks really good and he's handling that assignment well and he's walking and he's hitting the ball very hard. <laughs> He's a big, strong boy, Wyatt Langford. It's, what, 11 hits in his first eight professional games. He had three at the complex and so far five in, in high A, and he's got seven extra base hits. He's got three bags and 11 hits in eight games. He's so fast. It's so sneaky fast. It's crazy. Yeah, which is nuts. And, like, if there's a teensy bit of whiff there, that's okay. He's yeah. a big, strong man that's fast as hell. Yeah. And patient. And then that's what we've seen. He's patient. He already popped a 110. So, yeah, cool. 110 on our double. I love that. Um, last guy for me is Waldrop. Yeah. Hurston Waldrop, three innings, three hits, one earned, struck out eight and walked one. So eight of his nine outs came via strikeout. That was his only appearance in low A. He's now to high A. What do you want to if know? This about guy, the start? That was it. What do you want to know? I have it queued up right now. Like data wise, what do you want to know? I want to know strike rate on the off speed and I want to know spin and IVB on the fastball. Okay. Well, that, that was, that was way harder than I, that, that was, I wasn't ready for that. Um, but okay. I'll tell you strike rate on the fastball. Is that what you asked for? Strike rate on the off speed. On the off speed. Uh, the slider he pounded the zone with 11 strikes on 14 pitches. Splitter, nine of his 16 were strikes. And then the fastball, 12 of his 19 were strikes. That's um, very good. Yeah, you'll take that. The slider being there is really remarkable because that was my concern with him. I, I, I would, when I was watching the college starts, I didn't love the, 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 slider if it's yeah. playing like that that's uh that's a big deal yeah um, um also 
velocity. I I thought you'd want to know velocity. Yeah, I would love to know velocity. He topped at 98. Cool. And I think it's high spin shit. Yeah, I'm I'm pulling that up real quick. What I also want to talk about last lastly as I pull up Waldrip. Um, how about Walker Jenkins? Walker Jenkins has been awesome. Walker Jenkins. I, I love him. Like I, 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 that's, I can't emphasize enough. I, I haven't been doing it this long. So I, it's kind of like I wash to say, but I, I, this is one of my favorite high school guys I've seen. I, I'm not saying that, that he's going to be better than Jackson holiday, but just at the time of the draft, like there's few guys that I've looked at and I've just been like for a high school guy that plays already. Like that, yeah. that is exactly what I saw. And, and just the approach the field to hit, it looks so much like Manzardo, but with more power potential. He's a better athlete. I'm a huge fan. Uh, IVB number is not as great as you'd think, by the way. Okay. Interesting. Oh, weird, but interesting profile. Like not much horizontal and like pretty straight on. So probably it probably plays like it has more IVB. Um, yeah. As long as it's an outlier, we're good. It's we just definitely weird. It's definitely a weird pitch. So yeah. Oh, I'll send you some video. This is fun. Um, cool. I'll send that to you later. But I, I'm excited. You're higher on Waldrip than I am. And like, I'm starting to buy in slowly. I am. You know I am why? To buy in slowly. You know why I'm high on him? Like I don't. I don't necessarily think he's got like. Oh yeah, he's going to be the two for the Atlanta Braves moving forward. Like they don't need to resign Freeze because Freed because they have Hurst and Waldrop. I'm bought in because I think that guy can be working out of the pen this year for a World yeah. Series with that with that splitter. I probably. <laughs> yeah, and probably. and if he's landing that slider, I mean, topping at 98, landing the slider, and he's got that splitter, and he cuts spin on that splitter so well. I mean, dude, like yeah. he can be a sixth inning guy if shit hits the fan in the World Series this yeah. year. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. I hope they fast track him a little bit. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do that. And last but not least, Walker Jenkins. He had a grand slam. Mm-hmm. He had a grand slam. That's here's, pretty electric. Here's what I got for you. Yeah. Four games. He's got seven hits. He's seven for 16 with two doubles, a grand slam. He's three for four in the stolen base department. 17 plate appearances. He's walked once. He's punched out twice. That's very fun. Yes. I'm very in. I'm, I'm excited to get more looks at him as well. He's going to be very, very good. Uh, 18 years old, 6'3", 210 can motor. Yep. All right. That'll do it. We got a lot of, a lot of stuff coming up here too. Top 100 is we're, we're in the final stretch here, Jack, of the top 100. I hammered out a lot more yesterday. We're, we're almost there. We're not going to do the whole top 100 list um, like we normally do since it's an update, but we're going to break down a lot of it through the episodes next week. So that should be really fun. It'll be multi-part again. We'll talk about the biggest climbers. We'll talk about the newcomers and you know, kind of break it down in a unique way. We're still figuring that out. If you have any comments or ideas of ways that you want us to break it down, uh, we're all ears and, and we can do, you know, we can get creative with that, but definitely keep an eye out for that at just baseball.com uh, either at the end of this week or early next week. Any final thoughts, Jack? I don't think so, man. I, I love these kind of episodes because it's all good news. Yeah. I love the good news, man. Next episode, we'll be talking about struggling prospects and what's wrong. No, good. we probably have to do that at some point, but no, it was fun just being positive, talking about the new guys and talking about guys getting promoted. Also shout out to my good friend, Griffin Conine, Promoted to AAA, talking about promotions, promoted to AAA, two hits in his first game, really pumped for him over there in the Marlins Zorik. Hopefully he keeps rolling. Uh, We'll definitely have him on in the offseason to talk about the uh, the tact baseball and uh, and just the the season as a whole and and hitting philosophy because he's one of my favorite guys to talk, you know, hitting to and and talk hitting with. Um, Yes. So. 
That'll do it. We'll talk to you about prospects either tomorrow or the day after that. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.